Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. It's almost flat and then just right at the end it's got a little bit of a, a little kicker, kicker, a little mm. sting. But it's, it's nice because you're still climbing at the end of the day. And so that we would use for like the longer, if you want to start going longer. But if we're just getting into hill training, just keep it simple, man. Just keep it short. And if you have to walk, walk. You know? mm. That's a start. And you, you get comfortable going up the hill because once you get to the top, it's like, cool, I've done this. Go back to the bottom. And you start with your 50 meter hill repeats, 100 meter hill repeats, 200 meter hill repeats. And just, it's like you would be doing a normal um, 5K or a 10K at the end of the day where you gradually build up your mileage or build up your volume. The same with the hill. You build up your tolerance to the amount of climbing that you are doing. Right, so 10 hill repeats or 10 50 meters, 10 hundred meters, etc. And then you come back like in a couple of weeks' time, 15, uh, mm. 50, uh, etc. And that's where it all started for me. Like my very first hill session was 10 by 100 meters. Nicola! Davide! Welcome to the good life in Constantia. Sure. We have been in Cape Town. Davey obviously moved here earlier this year. I've uh, joined him now for a week. Uh, Nick has also moved to Cape Town. I've not moved. He's living in uh, my spare we've, room. We've been doing some recordings. We've been doing a little bit of running. Yes. It's been good. It's been <laughs> nice to be away from the humidity of Durban, I must yes, say. Yes, it is beautiful. Yeah, I've been taking Nick on the grand tour of the Western Cape. I've taken <laughs> him to Groot Constantia. Klein Constantia. Klein Constantia. Where Constantia else did we go? We went to Takai Forest. <laughs> I've shown him the good life because I'm trying to get him to move here. But the other day he said he'd rather move to Italy <laughs> than move to Cape Town, which that I took great offense. And yeah. now I've given up. All that of one it. hurt Davey a lot. No, th- You know what hurt Davey more though? Oh, what, what is, is this a <laughs> question for the general public or is this I my think the general, uh, You can answer it. What hurt Davey even more? The, the, the last 8Ks <laughs> of the Cape Peninsula Marathon that um, he ran a few days ago. Mm, that, yeah, guys, I, I fractured my second metatarsal. My second metatarsal uh, during the run from out of nowhere. Everybody keeps asking me, what did you do? Did you trip? Did a rocket stuck in your shoe? No, none of the above. <laughs> I don't know what happened, guys. It was, yeah, around about the... You know, 35th kilometer or so. And we're like in Simon's Town. You can see the finish line sort of because it's a grueling finish, actually. You can see the finish line across the bay. Yeah, you would have been in Fishhook. In Fishhook, yeah. You can see the finish line across the bay. So it looks close, but it's deceptively deceptively far. And you've got wind into you and it's hot. And, and yeah, my foot just went. And it went from, from a 0 out of 10 pain to a straight 12. <laughs> Um, and I was running with this guy and I said, um, it feels like I fractured my foot. And he said, no, that's impossible. And then continued to quote David Goggins. And he said, <laughs> pain is temporary. <laughs> keep going. Well, so, keep going. You did. Yeah. Keep going. I did. Um, also because I couldn't bear the thought <laughs> of having Nicholas come past me and, uh, beat my, you know, PB. So, yeah, I persevered and pushed through. I got to the finish line. I was still complaining about the pain. 
Nick ran a 2.42. Ran a 2.42. Nick took a look at it and said, oh, it just looks a bit, you know, maybe a sprain. He gaslighted me 110%. I told you there was a potential <laughs> for fracture. You said unlikely though. But I said, let's said let's no, no, no. What he said was, if you fractured your foot, you wouldn't have been able to even run or put any pressure on it. Yeah. And then they continued to take me back to Coke Bay for lunch. <laughs> and I had to put a shoe on and walk around for the whole day. And, well, then I, and then I got Kath, my lovely wife, to take me to the ER this morning. And now all is well. There's a moon boot and there's a pair of crutches. And there's a diagnosis. And there's an eight-week. Davey <laughs> has got a broken foot. He and ran the last eight kilometers of his marathon on said broken foot. Maybe so that'll I'm get me dolphin of the year, hey? Can, I, can that be I'll put submitted? it into consideration. Okay. I can't say it's going to go favorably. But, but enough about my run, Nicola. Yeah. Tell me about yours. Yeah, I had a... 2.44. Yeah. 30. 30. 30. 30 flat, yeah. eh? 28. 24428. Are you sure? Time. Yeah. Strava has it as 244 flat. Stra- uh, that's the other story, guys. <laughs> Strava gave me a 236 marathon. <laughs> I also ran 43 and a half K. And I've just flagged it. And I've just, just flagged, flagged it in front it. of Davey. I felt like a car and flagging this. I want to have one last moan for our listeners. I ran that whole race. <laughs> I ran that entire race, taking all of the stats off of my watch and eating it up. And I was like, yo, I am on fire. <laughs> I was hitting 3.30s. I was way ahead of schedule. I was loving life. And and I should have seen the warning signs when I was going through the 20th kilometer and I was already hitting the 21K mark. And I was like, these guys have you know got, got the markers all wrong. Until I got to the last four kilometers and I realized that I had to haul ass just to get a two, uh, sub 245. So shout out to Garmin. Shout out to me for not getting a full bar of signal before I started the marathon. Yes, that is an important thing that I've only yes, discussed with Davey afterwards. Yes, yes. You should make sure you have a yes. full bar of signal on your watch before yes, starting yes, your yes. run. And you don't rookie. believe everything your watch tells you, guys. But uh, yes, I ran a 2.44. I'm very happy. The run was good. And, and, no complaints. And your name <laughs> gets put on the honors board. Yeah, we have an honors board at our running club. But this is not about us, Davey. All right. This is not about us. Okay, if we you can, say so. We can introduce yes. the mayor of Cape Town. Onto the podcast, the mayor, the mayor of Cape Town. The, the <laughs> we can the in- mayor. Oh, hold up, guys! Sorry, there's a new podcast that I actually wasn't a part of. We can introduce John Steenkamp. <laughs> we can introduce the running mayor, the of running Cape Town. mayor of Cape Town. He has got, in his own words, a very big beck. Yes. Yep. That's yep. what he said. That <laughs> this is, is Afrikaans. And this is all I know him for. Prior to this, I didn't really what, know having Mikey. a big back. Yeah, well, every time <laughs> I, there's someone shouting at me from the side of the road mm. in Cape Town, it's going to be Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. So is that our guest today? That is our guest. It is none other than Mark Obery, guys, the founder of Must Love Hills, Asics' favorite front runner, and just a all around lovely human being we're going to find out all about his story how he started running about seven years ago how running has has you know turned him into the person he is today and it's just given him that passion for life he is a coach he is an athlete himself and it's just an amazing conversation yeah we had a wonderful conversation and and also obviously being the founder of must love hills run crew as you mentioned he is the master when it comes to hill training so we chatted to him quite deeply about hill training for runners both beginners and advanced and how you can use hill running to become the best runner you possibly can be so without further ado sit back or 
enjoy the run that you're about to go on, but sit back, relax, and enjoy none other than the running mayor of Cape Town, Mike Obery. Mikey, thank you for being here with us today. We really look forward to chatting to you, man. Oh, wait. Thanks for having me, guys. Mikey. It's been a long time coming. Mikey has finally found himself on the Making a Runner podcast. Yeah, we thought we weren't going to get it done because yeah. I arrived and <laughs> He was playing hard to get. Yeah, yeah. He was playing really hard to get. Then all of a sudden, he's like, I'm keen, guys. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. So... I'm glad we get to chat. First and of all, like it was me that asked to be on the podcast <laughs> like last year. I'm like, why have I not been here? And then all of a sudden you like you bombed on me last week. And it's like, no, no, no. Now I'll make you wait. Yeah, no, no, now it comes out. Yeah, work for it. But Mikey has driven all the way to Constantia, Constantia. To, to be with us. So we're very grateful. And um, we've been good hosts so far. We gave him a glass of Coke Sierra. That flat, was flat. A flat. flat glass. But I see over here, he's, he's drank the whole thing. It's, so. it's literally like 49 <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink anything. And are you going for a run after this, Mikey? I am actually, yeah. Okay. Mondays are normally um, are done with the, with the mochi. Uh, uh, and yeah, mochi yeah. means just because we're new to Cape Town, yeah, so yeah, yeah. mochi is yeah. not the Chinese or J- or Japanese dessert that I'm familiar with. Oh, wow, <laughs> I didn't even know it was. No, no, no. In in Cape Town, your mochi is your wife. Okay. Uh, mochi is yeah. a housewife. What do we call that in Durban? Your your Betty. Yes, <laughs> yes, actually it is. It's the equivalent yeah. of Betty. Yeah. Betty. Betty. <laughs> but uh, but Mikey, you're like the running mayor of Cape Town, bro. It's um, the first time I actually get to spend time with you in the flesh. Well, actually, and actually, I've I want to point out it's the running mayor of Cape Town and the running mayor of Durban. Hey, in the same, hey, in the, in the same hey, room together here. Yeah, hey. He goes out. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is the first time I get to spend some time with you, Nick. Besides all the high fives that I give you yeah, on, on, yeah, on yeah, I feel like time. I'm always just cheering. As soon as I know Nick is running the race, I'm out. I'm not gonna. That's not. That's not worth it. I don't feel like being beaten by the man. Yeah, that's German. exactly why you didn't tell me about Fergrove Challenge. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> no, no dolphins beating me. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> I saw this man. I was out for a training run like two weeks ago on a on a, on a Saturday. I'm doing that that long speed session, and I come out my road and I see there's a race happening. I'm like, oh, there's a race. Like, I wonder who's doing this. Next thing, I see Mark Obery. Fucking gapping it, just do, do, do. And I'm like, that bastard. He didn't even tell me. I and then I was running next to him and he was pretending like he didn't even know me as well. He I ju- was in the zone. I was chasing. I was also, because Fortunate was right behind me. I was like, there's no way she's beating me today. Not today. So yeah. Well, you're lucky you didn't join that race. You probably would have fractured your metatarsal. <laughs> <laughs> I saved you, actually. You should, you should actually like thank me for, for, yeah, for your PB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys. Yeah. But, uh, but, Mikey, how long have you been running for, bro? Has it been long time coming? In the, and tell me, when did it all start? So, actually, I started back in high school with sprinting. I was always a track athlete. Um, got a couple of 400s to my name, made the province team there when I was back in high school. And then um, after high school, kind of lost uh, my way with running and lost my way with life and stuff like that. And um, cut a long story short, eight years ago, uh, 2017, I think it was. I watched my uh, my brother finish um, two oceans half marathon and I had a bit of FOMO. So the next day, went out to the prom, and I just—I mean, I was in a pair of of Joel tackies, <laughs> no, no, no car, like, like, like uh, proper. Like what do they call those ones? Um, we're coming some more terms now. Hey, no, 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 no. Those actual like white sneakers that everybody the had. The Pasals. No, no, no. The Chucks. 
I didn't uh, know. No. No, but I, I, I remember it was a pair of Puma, it was blue Puma tackies. Um, you went for a run. And I went for a run in my jewel tackies. And how, how far was my your first run? 4Ks, oh. and I died. <laughs> I didn't know anything about time or anything. The only reason why I knew it was 4Ks because after, like, much later on, I did that same run from the lighthouse to the pools and back, and I had a watch, and it was 2Ks there and back. Oh, well, 2Ks there and then 2Ks back. And uh, that's how I knew it was 4Ks, but my ITB was in its chops afterwards. <laughs> 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 so this was seven years ago. Yeah, twenty. Well, yeah, twenty seventeen. That was my first time. Twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen, something like that. I can't even remember. That's how long it was, um, and how how the roller coaster just spun me around. I can't even remember when my first uh, ride was. But I know somewhere around there, and um, yeah, that's that's how I got into it. It was an instant love affair. Um, with even running. though your RTB was shattered. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I just I was addicted to the. Just the, the joy, the pure joy of running. Um, and I still am. I think that's why I keep going back for more. Like it's sore and it's supposed to be sore and I realize that. But it's, mm. a, it's, it's a good sore. Like I, I crave it more. That's mm. weird. I sound like an addict. I am an addict. Well, <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's also why you, you know, run 100 milers and stuff like Get that. It. So yeah, you, yeah. you enjoy the pain. I do enjoy the pain. I'm quite, I'm quite happy being in the pain cave. Um, made it my home. And uh, I like to push my body and see how far I can go. I mean, there's not distance, it's speed. Um, I like with Mustard Hills itself, like one of our things is never settle, you know, keep pushing the limits. Uh, that's what we keep, we keep telling each other. Like how far can you actually go? And I, I, I quite enjoy it and people have caught on to it. So yeah. Um, I love that, man. And, yeah. and I mean, within these seven years of you starting running and becoming a, you know, a, a runner, a coach, the founder of quite a few things here in Cape Town. I mean, I, I saw you started running for Fat Cats. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I learned Mikey's <laughs> 38 years old. Yeah. yeah. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, is that <laughs> public knowledge. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But, fine, but fine. I thought Mikey was 21 years old. Thanks, I, I promise you. I mean, Stop it. It's, the, it's the energy that you have and the personality that you have. But So you, you started running for Fat Cats. No, I actually started with another club in, in town called Iteco. Okay. Um, I was running with them for a while, and then was that I your first running community, so to speak? Yes, basically, like um, my brother and or well, our group of friends, um, they were running for Iteco at the time, and obviously you go where your friends are. Mm -hmm. So I went there, and I was there for a, a couple of years, and then um, I just said I want to be different, you know, and I decided, yeah, <laughs> fat cats. yeah, so I'm fat cats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then, like I was at Cape Town Marathon, we just finished, and I saw what was happening at the tent. They had like at sushi and champagne, and they were, like it was quite fat glamorous. Cats. Yes. It was so cool. I was like, no, 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 no. I want the scent in life that they're having over here. So I went to go research them, whatever. And they're actually starting a um, a club down here. So cool. I joined. Uh, I joined in with them, and I was with them for about three or four years before I stopped belonging to a club. And then yes, uh, yeah, yes, okay. And, and and obviously now you're a you like like we say the the mayor of Cape Town running and Nonsense, you man. you no, but but anyways, did you? Were you part of you know those running communities and you were just following the crowd? Did you have you always had the had this you know bubbly personality? Yeah, is uh, it the Marky that we know now, or paint me a picture of you know seven years ago? What seven years ago, I think I was quite shy, quite timid. I was one of those those boys still running in like you know those those new runners that come they pull up to the race in the Manchester United T-shirt. So that was you. That was me, dude. You get eggs for that nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And quite uh, quiet in the crowd. Um, pretty much, but I would still like greet the marshals and then I, like obviously you get to know people. And it all starts with like who you're running around, like who's around you during a race. Because like the more races you do, you kind of get to know the people that you kind of finish the race with. And you just start talking to people. And then obviously I met I met Ashraf Adi. 
I mean, everybody knows Ashraf. If you guys think I'm the mayor, you don't know who Ashraf <laughs> is. He's the true mayor, okay, <laughs> of, of Cape Town running. And um, I got to know him, and then obviously uh, being around with him, everybody got to know me, sort of. And um, yeah, and, and just spiraled from there, like uh, kind of like a, a little like snowball, you could say. And that's how I got to know everybody, and everybody really got to know me. And it's just, uh, yeah, I suppose it's why I've got a big beck. Like, oh, you'll always really? hear me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> you'd never say. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? Yeah. And um, but I'm also like I'm quite approachable. Uh, but I'm also I think one of the things is I am who I am. Like I am unapologetic. I'm, I'm apologetic. Unapologetic. I I swear and I laugh, but it's all for the like good. You know, like if you don't like me, you don't like me, and that's also okay. Not everyone's gonna like you. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but it is what it is. And I'm just here to do good within in the community, and I try to do good and help everybody. So yeah, that's oh, that's it. It certainly sounds like you're doing a lot for the Shot. community, man. I so, try. I mean, I want to start with first Must Love Hills. So yep. maybe you can tell us a little bit about that running crew. You're the founder of Must Love Hills, yeah. but you're also the, the, the captain of the crew. Yeah. How did that start? Where Where is it at now? So yeah, I started the crew because I was looking for, um, for ways to get better at running, right? Um, I wasn't receiving the help that I was that that I, that I wanted at the time, and I wanted to improve my running. I'd, I think it was like two or three years within my running career, and I, and I was like, "Cool, let's start focusing on times. So how can I get better, etc." And obviously, one of the biggest things is that if you want to if you want to get better, you got to learn to love hills. You got to learn to run hills, okay? And you can't be scared <laughs> of them. Very very simple, right? Everybody thinks that must love hills is like the, there's actually a question mark missing from the name. Right? It's, it's more <laughs> of a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, must love must hills. Love okay. Yeah. So um, and, and that's how. So obviously, I was doing some reading, doing some research, and one of the things that I, that I started doing was uh, incorporating hill repeats into my into my training regimes. Right. From there was just me on a Tuesday running up at Rhodes Memorial. From there, like my time started getting better naturally because I was doing harder things, right, um, in, in my training. So my time started improving and that kind of caught on with the people that I was running around with. So or like I told you earlier on, you kind of get used to the people that you're finishing your day. So all of a sudden I wasn't finishing with these people and I was finishing with other people. And these guys that I was finishing the races with saw this and like, what the hell is going on? How are you improving? We want to get involved. Correct. And that's how it was. And then two friends um, from my old club, they joined in and it just everybody else just randomly two or three more people each week, whatever. And it was the one thing that another friend of mine, Clint, he had another run crew called Total Sports Run Crew at the time. Um, and he was in town and I was in um, in in the southern suburbs in, in Newlands. So mm. we were kind of collaborating and stuff. Like he had a, a younger crew, I had a bit of an older crew. And we would start the collabing between the two crews, which was really, really great. Um, and yeah, and then that's how... Basically, Must Love Hills started. And the one thing that I kept on doing was that you have to pitch up. As long mm -hmm. as I'm there, people will come. And, and literally, that, that's all it was. Every Tuesday and Thursday, no matter the rain or shine, I would be at training, half past five, six wow. o'clock, whatever. Um, and people appreciated that. And that's how, literally, the crew started. You know? It, it yeah. takes consistency as a, as a founder, as a leader of a crew, to, to be there every Tuesday and Thursday, like you say, to, to ensure the continuity. Is, is that now at a position where if you don't rock up on one of those days, the crew is, is founded, it's strong enough, there's enough of a crew of people that yeah. are there keeping each other accountable that it sort of runs itself? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like I'm at the the crew is at the point now where it doesn't need me anymore, mm. and that's that's kind of what I wanted two years ago. Um, if I had to step away from the crew itself and just say, "Cool, can someone else want to take over the captaincy?" The crew will continue, and I, and I know that. And I've also put a, put in place um, like a steer co committee who run things in the background. You know, we've got awesome. a, we've got a group of uh, of, 
of coaches. We've got a um, we've got a CSI team. We've got a comms team. Uh, you know, so we've put all of these um, things in place, right? So that I don't have to be there one day, and that people will always be able to come to the crew no matter who is there. And I hope that that continues in days to come because, like it is, like it's a lot of responsibility. And one of the things that I've tried to do this year. Um, compared to the last two years, I actually want to run with the crew now on a mm. Tuesday mm. and a Thursday. But I found myself always being the guy with the with the, with the whistle, with mm. the stop clock, and having to to coach. And I looked at it at the end of last year, like I actually miss running with the guys. So that's what I've tried to incorporate into my training as well. Like even if I'm running in the morning, I'll do my session, but then I want to run with the crew in mm. the evening. So yeah. And then I mean, f- you know, two of us from Durban. Obviously, Cape Town is a hub for social social running crews. We don't really get it in Durban, although we are now. I mean, quite a few are popping up. But would you say that MLH was one of the, you know, OG social running crews? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we started back in, in 2017. I mean, there's some really OG running crews out there, um, 9-4 being one of them. I mean, they, they started back in 94. You know, that's, that's super OG. Um, at the end of the day. Really? Hey? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's so long ago. Like, like there's... there's there's a hub of oh, there's a, a certain amount of of crews that have been the Musenberg Trail Dogs have been around for ages. But the nice thing is that people are catching onto this, and, and, and there's more crews coming up, and the more crews that we have, it's, it's even better. But I mean, yeah. so why do you think social running crews work? Because obviously, you're not a part of a, a running club. No, I um, am now. You are now, but because of a two oceans or a comrades or yep. whatever you want to run. But why do you feel like social running clubs work, and why are more people shifting away from? actual clubs and just joining you know a um a full send or actually yeah a full send uh, mlh uh, um 9-4 that kind of stuff well for lack of controversy it's it's i wouldn't say it's that we don't want to be told what what we want to do and have to do at the end of the day we, we want to do what we want to do right um and unfortunately when it comes to joining a club and stuff like that you kind of have to confine to these rules and we don't want to play within these rules running should be free right running should be have be fun and when you got people trying to control that it's like then what am i even doing here right i'm here because i, I like everybody has a different reason for running one of my reasons is that it's it's my time away from everything that's going on in my busy world, right? I get to think about things. I actually get to think about the pain that I'm in, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just like, cruise, cruise is about like-minded people. There's no, um, there's no I'm better than you. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't what, matter what pace you are. We're all there supporting what each other. What you're wearing. Yeah, or what you're wearing, right? It's, it's all, we're all there just to have, we're all there for the same reason, to run, have fun, support each other in our journey of running. Right, and it's a good way for us to m- meet new people, right? And I think the social aspect of of running is important as well. It's not always about performance. Like yes, we get your your, your performance crew. Yes, there is times involved, and you want to achieve better things. You want to be better at your running. But there's also the social aspects. You meet new people. You can get to network as well. Mm. Running in Cape Town's the new fucking golf hooks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is. It's yeah, the it is. I think running in uh, worldwide in yeah. South Africa is at the forefront yeah. of that. But it's it's quite amazing to see how the crews have been doing so well and how even like running clubs in South Africa are just growing from strength to strength every year. And I think there's just so many people getting into the sport. And it's it's amazing to have people like you showing people that it is possible to come from a background where you know, you, you're not a runner, you you haven't run since school and now all of a sudden you can start running and can start achieving great things. And I think 
what you're saying here is obviously whether it was 2017 or 2016 that you went for that 4K and busted your RTB, <laughs> you know, the next year already you were the you were figuring out how can I get better? How can I form a crew? How can I get people, yep. like-minded people to run with me yep. and help me improve my running and build a social element to it? So, and I mean, we, we're not really going to touch, I mean, we can touch on Community Track Club as well. I, I believe you're also a founder of that. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we've chatted to Aaron and we are going to be releasing uh, an episode for dedicated to that but you can maybe tell us a little bit about track community track club how your involvement in that is also developed and then i want to go on to the side of okay well now you've you've gone from runner to creating a crew to now coaching runners in a very quick space of time i mean your 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 running life span has revolutionized who you are as yeah. an individual and now you you're marky you know you're the coach you're marky the coach you're marky the inspiration tell us a little bit of how that's developed in terms of the coaching element yeah so um obviously when it comes to the coaching and stuff it's when I, like getting myself to to a certain point within my dining, like I could only take myself so far, right? So obviously what happened was I got myself a coach, okay? But while I'm doing all of this, I'm learning at the same time. And then I have my crew that are looking at me like, cool, what do we do next? What are we doing this Tuesday? What are we doing this Thursday? How's track? So I could do my own bit of research and stuff like that. Um, I do a course at Sports Science um, Institute on coaching and programming and, and how to build a proper program. Um, and then a lot of my stuff is just, reading and trying new shit, right? Uh, that's you what gotta, it is. You, you got to try it yourself. You, yeah, you try it on yourself. Oop, that worked, cool. Let's see how, uh, let's see how it works with Davey. Nope, he <laughs> broke his foot. That didn't work. <laughs> oh, Nick uh, enjoyed that one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking prick. Um, so, so that's how, how it evolved. Um, and then again, it's one of those things where I tested out on myself. So, it's not like, cool, I've never done a 100 miler. I, therefore, you know, like, how do I coach you? But like, cool, I've been in, I've been in those shoes. You know, I've, I've, I've gone for it. And there are coaches who've never done a 100 miler. Doesn't mean that they can't coach you. This, fuck, my coach is probably the best coach that I know. Sorry, Nick, but he is, right? And um, Give your, show to co your, your coach a shout out. Yeah, Edith Van Aysen from Flatrock and Jordan, right? He's the absolute best. But he's never done a 100 miler before. But he can get us through it. Right, and he can get us in the best possible shape, and he's got athletes that have been there, so you know it's tried and tested. You know, I I coach from experience, like what has worked for me. Can I can I um, share my lessons with other people, right? And if it's not working for them, because not all training programs or, or methods work for we all individuals, right? We all get different stresses in life. We all have uh, different things that we're doing in our own lives. So what can work? What? How much time do you have for me to get you to a 100 miler? And that's where my coaching is like, I, I'm a people's person. I spend a lot of time with the people that, that, that I coach and I get to know them from, from a personal um, standpoint, right? Mm. And then try and fit their training into the time that they have so that they can maxima maximize um, that amount of time. Because we're not professionals, mm. right? We don't, the difference between a professional runner and an amateur runner is their rest. Right, we have a day job to get to, and we've got to maximize mm. the time that we can go. And I don't, I don't know, so much about just. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of like talent. What, yes, man, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. But there's a lot of this okay. because it's easy for you to come home after a m morning session and sit in, in in moon boots playing Xbox, right? Yeah. Then you have to go to a, da a day job nine to five, sit there all day at work, and then come back in and train again. You know, and that's v that's a very important factor to your training. 
No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the coaching journey is individual to everyone. Yeah. And I think it is a very personal relationship yeah. that you end up having with your coach. And they get to know you on a on a deeper level and yeah. know how you tick, what you respond better Connect. to, yeah. uh, whether you resp- respond to some hard love like Davey does. Like Davey does. Uh, or some blue ticks. No, he doesn't respond very well to that. Um, but, um, you know, in terms of like your <laughs> coaching currently, um, how many athletes are you coaching? I'm on 60 at the moment. Wow. That's 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 huge. <laughs> how do you how do you get around 60. to coaching that many athletes and still have a full day job and still look you after your training? You need to cut this out. You and need still to cut be here. Now you got to take this out. You got you asked me to get fired here, mate. <laughs> no, just tell us how you give each and every single person the love and the t- uh, love and attention that they deserve. Not even man, it's hey. just like how do you manage your time? Because it's yeah. it's so time intensive coaching people, and it's you know there's no boundaries people are, yeah. when they need you they need you you know <laughs> yeah. they, they'll go weeks without needing you but when they need you you got to be there yeah so it's um letty like you can ask you can ask kelly my fiance it's that she doesn't have a sunday like sunday morning i wake up and i'll go for my dinner or whatever and then i sit from 11 o'clock on a sunday till maybe one two o'clock on monday morning yeah, well i mean when we were trying to s- schedule this this podcast like i was like mikey yeah, can we do friday afternoon evening he was like are you mad that's so one night of the week that I get to spend with my mochi. <laughs> my mochi, <laughs> she'll kill me. So, I mean, you're a busy man, eh? I mean, Super you're busy. juggling. It's not just the coaching because it's MLH, it's C2C, uh, yeah. full send run crew. It's ASICS frontrunner. It's day job. We, we must emphasize, if anybody from the city of Cape Town is listening to this, Mark Obrey gives is a hundred percent to his day job okay make no mistake so i don't answer any dining questions during the uh, my office hours um and then i get home uh, i will go do my dining afterwards so i normally train in the morning um that's my training time um then it's my nine to five um and then i will do my coaching through my stuff hills in in the evening and then i'll get home at about seven o'clock have my dinner or whatever and then i'll spend two to three hours doing some coaching answering questions exhausting. it is exhausting and then i'll repeat that process but i've but become you love so it. but, yeah, but you love gotta it. love it yeah i mean yeah, it's you, the only it's thing. way and it's it's i'm living through every single one of my athletes my goal their goals is my goals mm. like like if they didn't achieve i need to know why i need to understand that's this is where my brain ticks right? you have 60 goals on any given time on any given time um a lot of the time you know you I think I'm pretty lucky that I don't have a demanding set of athletes. Um, people also understand the, that I'm super busy. Um, so they don't really ask a lot of questions and everything is written down for them. If you do need to ask questions, just drop me a WhatsApp and I'll, and I'll yeah. get to it. Yeah. But yeah. And, and tell me, what is, it, what is the experience like being a coach and being coached? Because looking at Nick, you know, across the table here, you don't have a coach, right? Mm. Would you ever get a coach? I think I've, I've played around with the idea. Is it? Yeah. But and Mikey, how, but how's the experience? You know, being a it's, coach. It's great. Is it? It's great because you know, I'll tell you now. No, there's no one coach that knows everything. There might be different methods to mm. doing certain things. Um, Eden pointed this out because I asked him like, "Are you okay with me coaching?" Um, especially knowing the fact that like I have access to your. Programs. He's like to programs and stuff like that. And his simple answer was. Um, there are 50 million bakers in this world. Mm. It doesn't mean that we all bake in the same loaf of bread. Right? Oh. Number one, right? We all have, we might all have the same same recipe, but it's not all going to come out the same. Mm. That same loaf. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. at the, at that same time, there's so many different recipes. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, 80-20 method, Scandinavian yeah. method, like. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've just been I've been given the same recipe for this from this guy for the past <laughs> three years now, and I'm begging bro. We, we've been changing it up. That's how, you, that's how you broke your foot, man. <laughs> See, we, we pushed the boundary. Sometimes yeah. Icarus flies too close to the <laughs> no, sun. Actually, yeah. That is true. And but there's, I mean, there's also time with my athletes where I know that I've taken them as far as I can go. You know, like I'm. If if anybody's gonna come to me and say, Mike, I want to run a two thirty marathon, like I'm not your guy. You know. I'm not going to be able to take you there simply because like, I've never been there. I've never been coached for it. I don't know what to, what, what the first steps would be. I can take you to the base training, mm. but you know, it's the other shit that you need to put in there. So it would be then, and I think that's a sign of also a good coach, like knowing where your limits are as a coach. Or at the end of the day, if they really insist, cool, like let's try this, let's figure this shit out. Oh, work it out yeah, together. We work it out. But I'm also going to be like, cool, I think this is the, the uh, person. There's many coaches in Cape Town who I've sent people to, not always Eden, right? I said, I think this will be a better coach for you mm. at the end of it. And there's also times I'm like, guys, I'm full. Yeah. Like, I'm full up. I'm full. This is my time. Yeah. And to, uh, to go back to Davey's question about mine, I also feel like I still have room for improvement yeah. under the work that I'm doing. Yeah. If I feel like I'm getting to a point where I'm not improving any longer, then I'll definitely look out to, to try and get that extra feedback and extra advice from someone else. Yeah. But I think you got to know what you're looking for out of a coach first and foremost. If you're someone out there looking for a coach or wanting to dabble with coaching and, and getting professional advice, like you got to have your mindset clear on what it is that you're looking for out of the individual that's exactly. going to coach you as well. Um, but I want to ask you now, obviously we mentioned Must Love Hills and that was sort of the first crew that you started. And the reason why you started it is because people mustn't be scared of running hills, right? Yeah. And also because you feel like that's where a lot of improvement can come from runners. So I want to go more on to just chatting a little bit about hill training for runners. Cause I think, you know, it's one of those things that a lot of runners are scared of doing. Uh, they don't understand it. Uh, if they do do it, they perhaps run a hill way too hard and then they hurt themselves or they yeah. hate it. Or they, they pick the biggest hill. They pick the, the steepest hill yeah. in Cape Town. <laughs> and now they're they're beating themselves up the hill and, <laughs> hill and it's suck, not man. a pr it's not a it's not a nice experience so i want to understand a little bit about you know when you did that research back in 2017 and saw okay no hills are important that's going to make me improve uh, where would a runner start to sort of start getting better at running hills well the first thing is just find a cross Constantia Nick. Nah, that's Southern Cross is pit sticks, man. It's <laughs> nothing. Um, it, it lets you find yourself a good hill of about 2 to 4% gradient. That's number one. Okay, And then start small. Kay, can you, so for somebody who doesn't know what a 2 to 4% gradient is. So it's is. just the gradient of the hill. So if, if, if you're looking at an angle, right? Like we did geometry in school, and you go. Don't and look at me. I'm speak to the <laughs> listeners, okay? <laughs> so it, it's let's say a two point two to four percent gain. It's just the angle of the hill. Right? Yeah. You don't want something that's super steep. So a hundred percent would be. That's that's ninety. Ninety. That's you 90. See, an easier way to sort of uh, a, a one way that people can utilize just general understanding of distance it's just the distance of the hills uh, so if you do a repeat or if yeah. you walk up the hill before doing the session you walk up the hill and see how much vertical yeah. climb you yeah. get you then divide that by the distance of the hill so say you climb 10 meters over a 100 meter long hill and you divide you've 10 you've lost me but carry on <laughs> it's, it's the mathematics yeah. divide yeah. 10 yeah. by 100 divide that's going to be 0.1 by 0.1 percent okay so that's yeah. 10 percent cool. hill yeah. sorry Debbie. Yeah. but anyways <laughs> you go with, uh, I agree with what Marky says in terms of it can't be very steep. Yeah. Uh, that's the first yeah. thing. So rather start off on a, on a very gentle yeah. hill 
and even look at it and think, is that, is that a hill? That's, that that's, that's better than yeah. going up the biggest hill that you can find and beating yourself up it. And it's about gradual climbs. Like, it's, it's like slow gradients, you know. And then I think it's better when you're starting off. Um, there's a nice hill up in, in Constantia, um, no bishop's court, called uh, Boshoff, which is, I mean, it's an 800 meter long hill, but it's literally, it's, it's almost flat. And then just right at the end, it's got a little bit of a, a little kicker, kicker, a little mm. sting. But it's, it's nice because you're still climbing at the end of the day. And so that you'd use for like the longer, if you want to start going longer. But if we're just getting into hill training, just keep it simple, man. Just keep it short. And if you have to walk, walk. You know, mm. That's a start. And you, you get comfortable going up the hill because once you get to the top, it's like, cool, I've done this. Go back to the bottom. And you start with your 50-meter hill repeats, 100-meter hill repeats, 200-meter hill repeats. And just it's like you would be doing a normal... Um, 5k or a 10k at the end of the day where you gradually build up your mileage or build up your volume the same with the hill you build up your tolerance to um the amount of climbing that you are doing right so 10 hill repeats or 10 50 meters 10 hundred meters etc and then you come back like in a couple of weeks time 15 um, mm. uh, etc and that's where it all started for me like my very first hill session was 10 by 100 meters and, so, and what yeah. if somebody says i'm training for a very fast flat marathon would you still then send them? It's good because you know what hills. No, hills is hills has two things. Hills build strength, and hills is also speed work in disguise. Right? So if you don't have time to get out and like get a good track session in, you can go out and do like 10, 200 meters. Not to say at, not to say at um at at the day space, but it's a good sensation session or a good. You can go out at threshold, you know, and and just hit hit those threshold paces up a hill, hundred meters, two hundred meters. You don't have to go far. Okay, but it's a good speed mm. session. Yeah, I think, you know, hills, obviously you got your the, the physiological benefits of hills, which is what we yeah. are sort of talking about here. You know, you're going to get stronger. You're going to improve your running form. Yeah. But it also does a hell of a lot for your mental, mental oh, yeah. strength because I think that's something that we, you know, you mentioned earlier. It's like people are scared to go and run a hill because it is going to be tough. But, you know, conquering that hill or like finding yourself – going from doing 20 meters in the first day, you know, four weeks later, now you're doing 800 meters, yeah. like that builds such mental confidence. Correct. So I think, you know, there's obviously different phases in your training cycle, but for sure, even on a flat, you got to be running hills because it does so much for your speed over a flat distance. Yeah. And it, it takes away from the, um, from the boarding or the mundane, mm repetitiveness of, of flat running, because mm. it is. Uh, flat running or training, for instance, on Super Impromptu, it's so damn boring no, all the right. time. You know, even when you're throwing in threshold intervals or speed track sessions, go to a hill rather, right? And get that hour quality work in there instead of on the prom and just mix it up because it's good for your mind as well. Mm. You know, no, I mean, and it's I like you say, but, um, um, sorry, uh, David, when Nick was saying, it's like you practice a hill. One of the things that we're doing now at the moment, you'll find that we're doing all of our hill repeats on Edinburgh Drive at the moment, especially for the half marathon guys that hit that, hit that right at the beginning at, at yeah. the beginning they're getting used to the fact that i know i can hit edinburgh the drive i, I can I, I can smack it every single week they start to visualize it Correct. as well they know how it feels how it should feel at different elements they know exactly at what point this sea is i've got uh 400 meters to go until yeah. i get to the top of this i can put in 400 meters worth of work and then i got a nice long recovery mm. down that mental work is really like eight tenths of the game done no you're 100 correct i mean even for me coming from um, a very recent background of <laughs> no hill training, other than when I would join Nick in Belito, but I lived in Amshloti, which has a negative elevation. 
No, I'm being serious. Like sometimes <laughs> we, we, I'll we, would we would compare our meter gain <laughs> at the end of a week. I'd get like a thousand six hundred all the time. This guy would be lucky to get four hundred, five hundred. Uh, even was, when he came to Belita, it was embarrassing. I'd finish a run and I'd be on minus two <laughs> meters. Um, and yeah, I just didn't include hills. I mean, and. I'm obviously now living in Cape Town in Constantia. There's qu quite a few hills. I like how you put that in. I'm living in Constantia. Constantia. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I've been loving running up the hills, especially at the back of Constantia Neck, coming down the parade. I don't, I don't know what that side's called. The Glen or what is that hill Past called? Past the Hull. I don't know. When yeah. you come out um, at, um, what do you call it? Uh, Constantia Emporium. Yes, correct. That yeah. long hill. It's like over 2Ks. Yeah. But uh, for me. Constantia Neck. Is that the are they both called Constantinople? No, one sides. is Constantinople, the other one's Road Drive. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> the you know when you start running that hill, it's obviously it's it's cuck, you know it's and running hills is hard, and sometimes I'll just intend to run half of it and you know run half and come back down, but once you start running a hill, and you feel that challenge, and then you want to complete that task, yeah. and there's nothing more rewarding than getting to the top of a hill, and then and then going fuck that was actually quite hard. But, but I'm, yeah. I, I feel amazing yeah. for doing that. And then you get to run down the hill. Oh, there's a <laughs> sense of pride in it. And, you yeah. know, in, it, on race day, you're guaranteed to have a hill on race day. Like, unless you know mm. for fact that you're running like a Berlin marathon yes. and you're going to get nothing, there is going to be hills. I mean, we ran Cape Peninsula on the weekend. It's the flattest marathon in South Africa. You're running up some decent long climbs. It just builds the ability to know how to get into that gear, how to find that form. You know, it's just practicing yeah. things that we are going to find in our and races. Hills, hills is also good for things such as battling elements. You know, it's um, a set of resistance training as well. So if you find yourself on a, for instance, in Cape Town, it's windy, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't, you might be on Peninsula, it might be a flat marathon, for lack of a better way of saying it, but there is a, there's, there's wind resistance, right? You, you guys hit wind coming down Glen Cairn. Right, all the way to the finish line. Mm. That resistance is kind of simulated on a hill, right? So you know that you can push through this this resistance or this barrier, right? Yeah. And keep your effort and your pace the same. Mm. So yeah. And Mikey, I know you mentioned it a little bit in terms of how you started your journey, but if you're someone listening to the show now and wants to start incorporating hills into their training and say it is an athlete that's come to you and they wanna they've got a hilly marathon and they've never done hills, how would you go about incorporating hill work into people's training sessions that have never done hills and then how would you progress that doesn't have to be exact but <laughs> roughly um you'd start off with literally just once a week okay um and you it, you would um it would be your quality work one of the quality workouts for the week right if you're doing more than one and then we would do um we'd let you start from again like i said earlier it's Small things from 50 meters. If you're doing 100, run 50, walk 50. You know, um, you could break it up a uh, 400 meter hill into run, walk. Light okay? gradient. Light gradient. Very light. And then you can start getting, I would say, um, well, I would I would do it um, in a way that it's, again, light gradient and then increase the amount of distance that you're going over on the hill. So if it's not time and distance, um, time or distance, maybe run two minutes, walk one. Mm. Um, or run 50 meters, walk 50 meters until you get to 400 meters and then come back down and then do that another three or four times, right? Um, um, yeah. Sorry, and, and one element that I think also runners get 
quite incorrect when doing hills is because they sort of look at it like a track workout where you can do one one minute on one minute off or 90 on two minute off like you need quite a much longer recovery post because it is quite a big effort so what recovery would you do in between those things to start stand still yeah like you get (laughs) down you get down to the bottom right and take a breather when you you get there chill it out uh maybe a minute minute and a half and then go for the next step you know, because it's, it's, it's full rest. Yeah, it is quite strenuous. Get the heart rate down as well. Right? And then so when you are doing it, you can actually put in a good effort right? and get your, your knees driving, get those hip flexors working. Right? Mm. Because that's what, like you said earlier, it's really, really good for your form. Get your back straight. Right? Make sure you're looking up at, at the hill. Look at your target. Don't look down. I you love know? that. I love that. Yeah. I think it's such an important thing yeah. that you mentioned there, the positioning of yeah. where you look at. Yeah. If I think about runners that aren't aware of their running form yeah. when they are running up a hill, all of them are looking down at the floor yeah. in front of them. Their upper body yeah, is collapsing that. forward. Exactly. Their, their chest is actually closing. They're struggling with their yeah. breathing. So what Mikey says there in terms of keeping your yourself as tall as possible, looking at the top of the hill, that sort of is where your body is going to drive. So those hip flexors driving, keeping the feet moving nice yeah. and faster, increasing your stride count, or your cadence all of those good things are what we need to try and strive for when we're running on a flat as well exactly practicing it on the hill makes it even more effective so much more effective and so much more efficient as well right you're using so much less energy when you're on the flat because you've got this good form um in your running style already you know i want to ask about arms what what would you say to people about the how they use their arms so you don't need to over exaggerate right everybody thinks you need like pump like massively you don't just be natural in it, but the the point is, um, like you said earlier, is people are looking down, crumpled over, and then you can't move your arms. All of a sudden, you feel like a fucking T Rex. Okay, <laughs> you're not CeeLo Green. Get your arms, get your shoulders back, and then use your arms normally, but also use them to pump. You don't need to over exaggerate and pump too hard, but like you would use on a hill. On, sorry, on a flat, you would just pump normally, but it's all about that knee drive. Yeah, you know, getting that knee drive up, um, and again, don't over exaggerate. And also, when you're starting off on this, it's more about, at the end of the day, concentrating on getting good form than it is getting power. Mm. Right? Once you get good form on a hill, the power will come later. For sure. And I think that's another point that a lot of runners get incorrect is the effort that they put themselves onto when they when they now try and do a hill. Because, you know, a hill is a concerted effort. It's a strong effort throughout the set. Oh. So say now, if you're going to do 50 meters, 100 meters, 400 meters, you want to be running the first 100 of that 400 the same way you would run the last 400. You don't want to be pushing yourself so hard that now the last 100 looks like horrible running form. You know, you want to maintain solid effort and that's also quite difficult to gauge if you're a new runner. Exactly, right? So it's again, it's one of those things where it's a progression um, on a hill. You'd rather start off slower and finish stronger than start really strong and absolutely die on that last step because then you're going to hate it. Yeah, but if you finish strong, you're coming back next week. I can guarantee you because you want that endorphin. <laughs> and I mean, so, so we're talking a lot about you know uphill running um, and the importance of that. But downhill running, do you do any training for that? Do you incorporate it at all? Mostly in trail running, right? Um, I think it's it's very important for for, for trail running to actually, especially on our mountains, because it's quite technical right? mm-hmm. and you, it's about building confidence. So one of the things is like going up nice and slowly, pitter patter up, pitter patter, pitter patter, just chilling up, you know, um, more like a power hiking the top, but then actually sending it down and recording that time coming down. I mean, you, you're so you're so right. Uh, trail runners, downhill running. I've seen some trail runners come down a hill, and it actually frightens me. Yeah. Because it looks like they just want to die. Because you, <laughs> <laughs> trail runners have the dentist on speed dial. 
But, you know, Mikey, I think, you know, trail running, yes, I totally get that. But even something like a down run yeah. for comrades, you know, there are certain races that require you to be able yep. to run to well downhill. downhill. Even yeah. at two oceans, you know, you know you're going to be having, having to run downhill, you know, down chappies and then still have enough yep. legs to come back up Constantia Nick. So I think downhill training Big time. targets complete different yeah. bo- it's like body. everybody focuses on uphill yeah. and then you... you you face a downhill and you're yeah. like, what do I do? It's yeah. a completely different element that's of your training. injuries. For sure. So one of, the, one of the things now, this week coming up is Kango Marathon. And Kango yes. Marathon is like, mm. it's like 30 Ks of downhill, mm. right? So that's what, I've, that's what I actually incorporate in some of my athletes' training programs yeah. is because they need that. S- it's, it's about the impact. Remember yeah. that, like we knew that downforce is it's actually more weight on your knees. Yeah. It's actually, you know? yeah, it's a good it's point. It's one of the things that you actually have to go and train. You And let's just... Go up so even if you walk the climb, eight hundred meters, right? But then just run down. It doesn't have to be a fast run, right? But just make sure that anyway you are landing correctly mm. so that your knees get used to that um that downforce and the impact. Because yeah. your weight is uh, there's more weight, it's it's a weight bearing race, should I say? Or weight yeah, loading it, race. It loads yeah. your yeah. it yeah. will load your quad muscles yeah. a lot more. It's yeah. an eccentric load. But what was really interesting, sorry, David, to carry on with this, is when we chatted to Coach Perry, um, he mentioned to us how, say, on an up run versus a down run for comrades, he will include a lot of downhill running, obviously yeah. for the down run. But at the timing in the training schedule, he would do the down uh, top run training, the, the downhill repeats earlier on in the training block yeah. because obviously it causes a lot of muscle damage as well. Um, so you'd want to be doing that at a time where your training volume is relatively lower. Low. Yeah. Whereas, say, on an up run, he would do a lot more hill work closer towards the race because the actual impact on the body isn't that much it more just does really good yeah. for your mental strength and your ability to yeah. run up a hill yeah. so also timing within your training program 100%. is super important yeah. hey 100 percent. like um it's the same as you have your different um t- uh, training or, or, or timing in, in your in your training program you got your base phase you got your your peaking phase etc uh, you got your building phase and it all just depends what race you're running at the end of the day right like like Paddy coach Paddy was saying at the end of it like your um when you're doing a lot of the downhill, it's like you're building that strength. It's the same as when you're going into that base standing or you'll see like Ilya Kipchoge like during the first phase of his of his standing. It's mostly strength work. He's in the mm-hmm. gym, you know, mm-hmm. working with weights and, and, and doing his gym work more than running. Yeah. And then it's it exactly, the, and then it switches over. And then when you're doing the up run at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, you can. Maybe yeah. shaking his head. Yeah, because he's in the moon training. boots. Because he's in the moon boots. <laughs> and the strength training never switches <laughs> over for Davy. <laughs> it just stays on the running side. What did you have to say, Davy? Sorry, I interrupted you, bro. Yeah. Yes, uh, I would say. No, I no you, you two carry on. This is this is too good. <laughs> I'm loving this. This is a masterclass. <laughs> is it? Eh? You're, yeah. just, you're just a fly I'm taking on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, right? it? it's, yeah. it's basically Strength a TED talk. Training. Uh, it's basically a TED, a TED talk for Davy. For Davy. Yeah, Nick was looking at me when he was explaining that uh, the uphill running and the, and all of that, like speaking directly to me. I've been telling Davy for so many years, bro. You got to start running up. There's one hill in Amschlote. <laughs> like, just go and run that hill. And this is a good example of what I want to bring up. Okay. Because there's a lot of people that live in areas where there isn't a hill. Okay. So how do you train if you're someone that, you know, you live in Amsterdam, you got no hills? I shame, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you basically only enter flat marathons. But yeah. no, I think your gym work is going to be something that's very, very important. And you can get onto a treadmill and you can simulate it. You can simulate yeah, hill yeah, turning yeah. On, on, on a table. There's no excuse, right? At the end of the day, what you're getting from hill turning is strength, is, is majority strength training, right? So you can go into the gym and you can do your, um, 
whatever the fuck it is, maybe um, squats and your um, yeah. what do you Box call that? Step up, there we go. Whatever. There's a lot yeah. of cack, and yeah, I yeah. so much join a CrossFit gym. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of it, you can simulate hill training in gym, and you can simulate it on a treadmill. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, if you're ever looking for a four percent grading or a five percent, you can let it's on the table. Yeah. Four percent. Yeah. There you go, there and is. then you can, and then you can set it up, and you can say, "Cool, I want to run X pace at on this hill." I've seen it all the time. Uh, Killing Jone the other day, yes, yes, it's like yeah. he, on his Instagram page, simulated the hill. Remy, um, Remy was also doing it on his, and when they were doing for the, the skiing, yeah, yeah. You know? So it, it's not impossible. And I mean, that's also it's like you mentioned before. It's got to be so specific to your race, correct? Um, but there's also different types of examples of different hill sessions and you know as a coach you know what you're trying to achieve yeah. out of that session so if you're wanting to increase your speed versus wanting to increase your speed endurance yes, yeah. that requires different types of stimuli 100 um for instance you're looking at if you're looking for speed endurance you're going to go on a longer hill with the lower gradient and where you're actually like you're kind of keeping just under race pace you know so you can get that simulation if you're just looking to get like raw speed again you know, like maybe you're trying to improve your five or your 10K at the end of it, where you just want that, want you want that um, fast switch muscle fibers to be working. Get into a short hill and really pump it with, with uh, big recovery sessions in between each one of those. Right? It's basic. You can take anything that you do at the track mm. and you can incorporate it on a hill just with a little bit more recovery and don't be dumb about mm, it. Yeah. yeah. And a nice way that, you know, you can also integrate hills into your training without necessarily putting a hill workout, so to speak, is doing a hilly run. So yeah. just, you know, running up the hill. Don't don't try and keep your runs as flat as you yes. can. If there's a hill in the way, it doesn't matter if yeah. your average pace now drops <gasps> below what your targeted goal. If what do you mean it doesn't <laughs> matter your average pace drops? Baby, if your average pace <laughs> goes into the five minutes, okay, you'll be okay. You'll Mark. be okay. You'll live, I, huh? I don't know. I don't know so much yeah. about that. It's about effort, I think, ah. at the end of it. One of the biggest things that yes. like in my coaching and um, being coached is learning that, number one, time is important over kilometers and RPE is better than... Rate of oh, what does RPE stand for, Mike? Rate of perceived exertion. Thank you. If you can understand that, it means you understand your, 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 you understand your body, right? And what you know what 7 out of 10 feels like, and you can hold that, that's better. Yeah. I, I've, I've never, when, someone, when someone tells me this whole 7 <laughs> out of 10, 8 out of 10, not, never been able to grasp that, eh? Hey, all we 10 out of we've 10. been trying for three years, Mikey. Do you want to have a go, bro? I'll, I'll I'll already, hand I'll, you I've, over. Re I've already asked him. Smart choice. I've got uh, enough headaches. I'm okay. I want to ask you specific <laughs> more to trail running, um, stair climbing. Yes. Now, obviously, when say trail runs around here, but even you know UTMB, like your big major trail runs, there is going to be some serious vert and some proper hill. Uh, very, very high gradient hills as well as stairs so yeah. to speak um would you consider stair climbing sort of hill training as well yes definitely look uh, i would wouldn't even take say like stair climb i would say vertical gain okay how much vert are we getting into our training run for instance you can try and simulate that per kilometer over in your training okay um so if you if you're running for instance a 50 kilometer day and it's got five a thousand meters of vert in which means you've got about 50 meters of elevation gain per kilometer you try to incorporate that into your training then you look at the root profile that you're running cool i have um the vert is uh, it's front loaded so you try to get all your train your vert training in the front of or the or beginning of your training um retaining run and then you and then you continue so you would be race specific and then you'd look at the amount of vert you get. and you'd look at i think that's what's the nice thing about um 
about trail running is that you, you can't just be like, cool, I'm running a road thing. You got stairs, you got technical trails, you got runnable, you got cheap track, and you look at, you cool. rocks everywhere. You got rocks everywhere, Jeepers. yes, Dave. You, there's a river crossing <laughs> too, you know, you got to take that into account so you do a lap at the pool. Baby's right. going <laughs> swimming, it's giving me a headache. So that's the nice thing, you got to look at, those are the different aspects that you got to look at in your in your training, what type of t- of running am I doing within my days, and then train for that. Is it going to be a flowy, um, a flowy downhill where it's single track and you can like open up the legs, or is it going to be like a really technical downhill where I need to go practice that? Is my climb going to be stairs such as Otter? Mm. You know, where we are going to do like um, stair masters, or um, yeah, I've got to go climb in Newlands Forest where there's tons of um, of stairs for you to climb and you get your hands on your knees and practice that power climbing, power hiking, yeah. You know, um, so those are the things that you, you've got to look at. And that's why I think that's why I love trail running so much because every race is different. You can't compare, oh, I've got a 21 kilometer uh, PB on a trail run. Well, I can only ever test that, that on that race again because yeah. no two trail runs are the same. And for you personally, when it comes to stairs, are you one that prefers to power hike stair or to sort of keep your stride short and power yourself up? Um, quick I, I power hike a lot, but. It just depends, like how I'm feeling within the race. Like I, I feel like I'm a good power power hiker. Yeah. Um, so it just depends. And if I have my poles, I will I'll hike with my poles, right? Yeah. Um, if it's runnable, I'll run up the I'll run up the climb. I do like I do like hills. So yeah. So, so talking about your ra- your races <coughs> quickly, um, you got bat run coming up, right? No, I got pass to pass. Pass to pass. Oh yes, pass to pass. Okay. And then what other races are you looking at this year? I actually um, this year I try I decided to like. Every year I try to look for races that I haven't done before. Obviously, I have my firm favorites, which I won't miss. But um, so this year I've never done pass to pass, and I was quite bummed that at the end of the day I was on on the same day as Bathrun. But I ran Bathrun last year, and Bathrun's one of my favorite runs. Um, but I decided, cool, I'm gonna. I've never done it. I've also wanted. It's a good way for me to learn new routes in mountains I've never done before. So it's out in um, Bainscliff. Um, so I'll go down that, and that's two weeks time. And I saw you were one of the uh, top contenders. I don't know, but I don't know why they keep doing this to me. Like, <laughs> don't. <laughs> have you, you seen that lineup? Have you s- have you <laughs> seen <laughs> that lineup? Line like guys, the, I have uh, no right being there. Like this is ridiculous. I am just an Evo guy. I'm just <laughs> there for for like for years. You know, I'll no, give but, him a good effort. I, I don't. Yeah, that I don't think that's entirely true because <laughs> no, because you are you are competitive. Thank like, you, Davy. Like like yes, obviously you know very you know talented runners, but. Um, is your goal to start placing at these events? Or? I mean, who wouldn't love a podium at the end of the day? You know? mm. or to, but I think for me, it doesn't matter where I come, as long as I always give it a Give it your 100%. 100%. I think that was one of the best things about my UTCT 100K last year. I, I didn't make the time I wanted. I wanted to sub 15 hours, right? I got 15 hours 34, something like that, right? But when I finished that race, I knew I'd given 100%. every fucking thing. Every fiber of my body was out on that course. And I felt great about it. It was more special to me than getting the 15 hours. Mm. Um, mm. And the days, you know, when you gave it 100% and everything clicked. You know, mm. like I wasn't in a point where I, like, I wanted to give up. I went through a dark place because that's what ultra dining is about. You know, you go through it, but yeah. No, Sorry, you. my dog just walked into that glass door. <laughs> 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 I'm so Sorry. Before Davey interrupted the, 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 the TED talk, I, I only have two more two more things that I want to chat about. No, 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 there's no science. I promise no science, but you mentioned it already. And I think it's something that a lot of runners also don't like to do when it comes to a hill is just walk a hill. There's nothing about walking hill. Yeah. So I want to, I want to unpack that because I I think we have this. Unless it's Constantinic on two oceans and you're going for a silver medal. (laughs) 
Oh, you can probably still walk. You down. could probably still walk. Uh, if you if you if it's part of your strategy, and this is what yeah. I sort of want to talk about, it's like practicing walking up a hill or walk run strategies. Uh, if that's something that you should be looking at, and how you can sort of integrate that into your running, I personally am a big fan of it, yeah. and I think anybody that you know isn't like a a like say over a marathon like sub three hour marathon but even some sub three hour marathons you could do um contender then you probably can look at doing some some run walking yeah look at the end of the day you also got to realize that we aren't well some of us are elites right but there's also some of us we're not elites you know and you can't oh sorry you are definitely elite. no no no, no i'm shaking elite. my head as in like we are not elite yeah, yeah. We are, and it does like just because you walk up it doesn't take away from you know it could help you at the end of the day it's a time for you to like almost kind of consolidate your run mm. like like take that break let the heart rate come down you know give the legs a little bit of a rest because i guarantee you when you do start running just start off slow again um when you're doing your, that hill that, that run walks out right, and get into it rhythm and then push for like maybe two to three minutes and then allow the body to recover. And that can save you a little bit later. And I'm using Constantia Nick as an example here, right? You run, walk up Constantia Nick, right? And you get to that the, the top of Constantia Nick, you're going to have so much more energy just mm. fly down, right? Um, and give that, give your legs to you, not, unless, you, unless you're camping, right? But <laughs> <laughs> Which is a child. Oh, good, uh, good possibility. Very, very good possibility. But um, on, on my first one, on my first uh, two oceans, um, ultramarathon I ran walk that was part of my strategy it was run for two minutes walk one run for two minutes walk one I didn't rely on it and then eventually I was like actually I'm okay run four minutes walk one run four minutes walk one. and uh, I was only able to do the four minute walk one after the two minutes because I was like I'm actually okay I'm alright my legs when I gave my, my legs time to rest I felt like cool. I actually yeah. have enough energy to yeah. get up the hill. But if Mental you practice, and also and if you, you practice, practice it, it because if you haven't practiced it and yeah. now you are starting to walk because you are tired yes. yeah. your walk is going to be slower <laughs> and you're going to start start to find that your walk starts to get longer yeah. and longer yeah. and longer and then eventually all you're doing and is you walking gassed. you've got to be strict with it number one right you're not walking there because you're walking with purpose right mm. it's part of the strategy it's part of your race yeah so it's like it's a quicker walk you're not shopping for bread right <laughs> you're not in pick and pay guys <laughs> right you run that uh, that two minutes or whatever it is that your strategy is you've got a good pace you're into a good little bit of form right and the, the legs are ticking over and then you've got to be sick cool my minutes up right or, or my two minutes up walk walk with purpose as soon as that minute, that, that clock that uh, clock ticks over to me you start you running again you go again and that's how eventually you just you all the way up and it's like okay i'm, I'm okay yeah. and the beauty that you mentioned yeah. is that you will find yourself getting to the top of the hill and actually being able to run the runnable part exactly. because a lot of people beat themselves yeah. up that hill when they get to the top yeah. and now they can Gassed. actually run down yeah. they got no legs left yeah. so run the parts that you can run yeah. walk the parts where you, you have should to walk, walk yeah. and you'll actually have a much better experience 100 percent 100 percent i always say save the legs for later save the legs for later because that's when you really really need it rather pass people um, at the end than have them pass you on the hill later on later on i love that. race strategy faster first half or faster second half <laughs> personally Faster second off. Wow. Davey Ham. It's a brave man. That you're, you're on your own, bro. Nick, race <laughs> strategy. Faster first, faster second. Even pace. No, no <laughs> one runs at even pace. Shut up. Ideally, I'd like a faster second half, Davey. Ideally. We always want a faster second half, yeah. but it never, it hardly ever plays out that way. Davey went yeah. uh, 116 through the halfway mark this time around. <laughs> He was on for a, he was on for a, th a two thirty two marathon at a stage. Sounds about right. But then he broke his foot with eight <laughs> k's to go. So all right. right. Yeah. I mean, last year Cape Town marathon, we were running dead even splits the whole way. Four yeah, minutes. Yeah, we did bang, well. We bang, did well. Bang, we bang, did well. bang. We were synchronizing our feet. Yeah. yeah. 
A part that I like that you mentioned that I just want to touch on before we, we close off is that mental strength or that sort of going into that pain cave and something that you quite enjoy. Um, how do you mentally prepare for that? And, and as someone that is listening, perhaps doesn't really know how to get into that deep hurt locker or the moment things get tough, they sort of pull off. Um, okay. What would you say to them? So it's very, very simple. Bruce Fordyce says it best. Okay, It's not about if you go into a dark place, it's about when. Yeah. Right? I'm sure you guys know. It's about when. And then you got to know that you can be comfortable. you got to realize, you got to prepare yourself that you will come out of it. Eventually, you will come out of that dark place and you better be ready for it because then you need, to go, you, need to, you need to run. But whilst you are in there, fucking suck it up. Yeah. Okay? Because you, this is hard. Running is hard. It's supposed to hurt. Right? So you're here for the reason because you want it. Right? And it depends on how, how bad you want that time. Or the, I mean, look at Davey. He wanted that time. He broke his foot for it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, he's fucking moron, okay? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, cool. He went out there and he, and he did the things. Yeah. Right? Oh, man, I just didn't want Nick to beat me. I know, we did. I know. you <laughs> wanted to be the fastest dolphin. Yeah, <laughs> the first dolphin, the whole bloody race. <laughs> You're a second dolphin, second dolphin. <laughs> Thank you, I know. There's I only know. two of us. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, Mikey. So, yeah. Thank you for that, bro. I think it was uh, it was really a, a lovely conversation. Getting Shots. to know you a bit better, Shots. knowing your background. I'm um, I'm amazed by what you've been able to do with your running journey and how you've turned it into who you are as an individual and what it's become for your life. Yep. So, Thanks, well man. done, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep up the cruise and hope to see you smashing your... Next time you're on the show, we want 120 athletes under you. Okay. (laughs) I'm really trying to cut those numbers down. (laughs) I'm really trying to get this. If you look at it, like you take 60 athletes and you're giving them each 20 minutes of your time. That's that's, that's a lot of time that you're giving giving off. And then that's besides the SMSs. On a part-time. Yeah, on a part-time basis. On a part-time basis. (laughs) It's nice though because the athletes that I have, some of them are like, you only need like two, three minutes and the other ones are like, you have to give them hours. (laughs) But it is rewarding. It's super rewarding. It's like... uh, Beyond your own running. There is nothing better than having an athlete reach something or do something they never thought they're going to be able to do. Yeah. And I always say this, like, fast is relative. You don't don't need to be super fast to have a coach. You don't need to be super fast to to have a thing. It's about what is your individual personal goals can we achieve them? Fuck yes, we can. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you have someone believing you and standing in your corner, I promise you, it's going to be so much easier to get it. I saw I saw somebody posted on Instagram, I think it was yesterday, after, you know, Mark, Mikey, uh, don't, uh, I'm not uh, buttering you up here. I'm <laughs> just being genuine. Mikey gets, you know, gets, like you said, it gets into people's corners. And someone posted yesterday saying, everybody needs a Mikey in their corner. <laughs> And I mean, it's so true. I'm like, your hype man, bro. Yeah. Uh, I but you still won't take me on as a I fucking love it. So. I'm, I'm already your hype man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mikey, honestly, it was such an honor. I'm glad we finally got you on. Shot, man. Thanks for having um, me, guys. And, and you are. You're an inspiration. We can't wait to see what you do this year. MLH. Yeah. With all of its glory. I'll be back on Edinburgh Drive next week. When your week. foot is better. Next week, yeah. <laughs> And if you're someone listening to this, you must know runners must love hills. You must. You must. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.